This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Hey, welcome back with us. Another episode of Reclaiming Families. And we are thrilled that you are still listening to us. And hopefully you're already following us on social media and that you checked out those new resources on our website, reclaimingfamilies.org. If you have not yet checked them out, we would love for you to pull out your phone right now. It's probably playing this podcast and just uh, go over to reclaimingfamilies.org and search that site. Um, rate and review our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, that's how the, the word gets out to more people can hear this. But we are back with Taylor Tollison, um, and we are doing kind of a part two about the book that he co-authored, Building Boys with Spiritual Habits, Train Your Boys to Be Real Men, Men of God. So Taylor, welcome back. Good to be here. Yeah. And in the last podcast, you talked a little bit about um, this book kind of came as a resource with the school that your oldest son goes to, um, which is an all-boys school. But can you tell us a little bit more about the vision behind this book, like how you hope for it to help build boys and strengthen families? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a whole lot of fun to do this book, and it sort of the uh, uh, idea and the vision of a friend of mine, um, elder at our church, uh, named Howard Graham. He was, uh, at the time, he was the uh, chaplain for Presbyterian Day School, and uh, he not only has older boys uh, and a couple older girls, but he, um, or just one older girl, sorry, but he um, uh, is just, he's been in, engaged with Presbyterian Day School for years and has just learned a lot and has been trying to implement uh, some different things that he has learned from others and, and just in his own experience. So he, he just thought, and he and I had talked through a lot of this in the past, uh, but he have, was trying to bring together a few things. Um, and in the beginning of the, the book, you can kind of see some of this laid out. There's kind of three main influences that uh, produce this little thing. Uh, one of them is a book called Wild Things, uh, which is the art of nurturing boys. Uh, it's by a couple authors, Stephen James and David Thomas, and they. This is where the, the stages uh, came from in the book that, okay. uh, that we put together. So um, he goes in depth. It's uh, about three hundred page book or so, um, with each of these stages and how each of them uh, look different at different stages and how um, you know you have to be sensitive to where a boy currently is. So. Uh, Howard, uh, the other author I worked with, he loved this. This guy, David Thomas, had come in and spoken um, at PDS before, and uh, so we worked with him. He actually uh, wrote the foreword to this little book that we did, um, just sort of endorsing it and saying that he appreciated how we had put some of that together. Um, so the three influences, that Wild Things book, uh, and then you guys are probably familiar with the Spiritual Disciplines book by mm -hmm. Donald Whitney. Um, and then another one is You Are What You Love by James K.A. Smith. And uh, so his kind of main thing in that You Are What You Love book is just that we're shaped by what he calls cultural liturgies, but we could also just call the habits in our life. So the, mm -hmm. 
walking into a shopping mall shapes our habits. It shapes the things that we love. It, it shapes the things that we pay attention to. Um, and so we're, we're trying to, with this book, uh, in a, in a way that's appropriate for the different ages and stages, uh, that, that this book lays out the wild things book. Um, we want to show how you can create habits, uh, in boys' lives to create habits for these spiritual disciplines. Um, so that when they get older, um, they've already built the kinds of habits in their life and learned from the habits that you went through with them. Uh, to where those things become habits in their lives. So yeah. as opposed to calling them disciplines, you know, that has a obviously a huge connotation in the world of parenting and at yeah. school, uh, we wanted to call them habits, which I think actually also kind of shapes the way that we think about it um, yeah. and how we're trying to, to help our boys um, and girls um, get these right habits in their life. So that, that's sort of the way that it all came together. That's neat. It is. I like using the word habit too. I think it's a, it just makes yeah, I want to be in a good habit. Yeah, yeah. so over this one. That's neat. So, I mean, you just mentioned this. There's stages that came from the book, The Wild Things, and so you describe in your book these four stages of development. Or I guess there's there's more than four, um, but the stages of development for boys: uh, the explorer, the lover, the individual, the wanderer, and the warrior. So I was wondering if you could go through and kind of describe those a little bit for us. Yeah, I, I think the best place to start would be to grab his book. I mean, I, I share in this one just a quick little snippet of, of his book in each of um, these stages okay. uh, that, that brings some of it in, into life. Um, but I think reading through that would be great. But uh, the, the explorer, I'll just read these quick little things that he uses to describe them. Okay. Uh, the explorer, uh, ages zero to four, he says in the explorer stage, a boy's ability to form images and ideas in his mind, especially of things he has never seen or experienced directly is powerful and fascinating. Um, so we're kind of going in, in this book and to the, uh, the reality that boys in this stage are just active aggressive, curious, self-determined. Um, so whenever you're trying to work with a boy this age and, and get him to uh, listen to the word or to pray with you or to participate in worship at church, so much of it is like physically oriented. You know, I mean, not, not that I'm putting him in a headlock so that I'll uh, be able to read the Bible to him. But there are times I'm just reading to him while he's playing with his Legos or whatever. Or in prayer, I'm just really trying to help him put his hands together. <laughs> like, this is a special moment. Your body needs to communicate the, uh, the reality of what we're doing. It's not that putting your hands together gets God's attention in any kind of way. But I really do think it physically helping him know that there's something special going on in this moment. And in worship, I mean, our church is um, unique. I mean, they're not always trying to push all the kids to the nursery all the time. They're totally okay with loud kids and uh, the sanctuary and people have different thoughts on that. But I mean, even now, um, my little nine month old, I mean, I, we hadn't been able to go to church for a long time because of the pandemic. So walking into our church and him just kind of taking it all in, you know, it's like all these people and this loud music and this one guy speaking and everybody's else is quiet. Even at nine months, just watching him be able to take that stuff in, um, uh, there's just a, the physical aspect of training somebody at, or training a boy at that age. That's good. Um, and the lover, we could go through each of these. I mean, the lover is ages five to eight. 
Um, and this one is a little bit unique and, and, and um, caught me off guard a little bit when I first started looking at this. I would not have described my current seven-year-old as a lover necessarily, but the way that he describes some of this as he goes through, uh, it really helped me get a picture of what he was getting at. So he says it's during this part of the journey that boys begin to experience their first spiritual awakening, which includes a growing awareness and curiosity about God. And I would certainly say that that's true about my seven-year-old. Um, he's had more questions. And even during church, if he's drawing or something, uh, he's still listening. And the fact that we say the Lord's Prayer at church every week, and we say the Apostles' Creed pretty frequently, I mean, there are, there are things that are going into his brain on a repeated basis uh, that are creating some questions for him. Hmm. And, and I have seen some of this curiosity uh, begin to grow. Uh, so we say the character that define this stage are tenderness, obedience, attachment to dad, and competitiveness. Hmm. And I have seen that play out. Um, he, he's got all this aggression that is built up at the end of every day. And unfortunately, sometimes it comes out on his little sister. I'm trying to help him <laughs> yeah. redirect that. And uh, we're trying to, I mean, he wants to wrestle with me all the time. He wants to just be physical and get aggression out. And we're, I think we're actually about to buy like a, a punching bag or something like that for him just to get some of that out uh, when he needs to. Uh, but, but these stages or this stage with the habits are a little bit differently. So with the word, uh, we, at the beginning of this book, we list out all these different habits and kind of give quick overview of, of why we've chosen the ones that we have. And these earlier stages only have three, but then as they get older, we introduce more and more of these habits down the road. Um, but you know, with, with God's word, we're trying to read daily with our son from a little bit more, you know, we're moving beyond just the Jesus storybook Bible or other Bibles like that. My son right now is a pretty competent reader. So he's, I've got him on a Bible reading plan this summer that he's trying to check off. There's like a hundred readings. He's not always the most, uh, on top of that, but even though he's not checking one off every single day, I still get to love him and, and explain how uh, it's okay if you didn't do it today. Let's try to move on and get another uh, uh, opportunity later on. So we're trying to help him uh, actually interact with the Bible and not just a storybook Bible um, and uh, help him get some of the questions answered that he's um, starting to ask. That's cool. So uh, rather than go through each of these, I, I think, you know, you could grab, David Thomas's book or, or read through some of the, the intro material on each of those. But the kind of idea is each of those ages, uh, you have to, to think about building those habits in their lives in different ways. And one of the things we tried to uh, emphasize with some of the, the parents we talked with about this, and even as Howard uh, introduced this to so many others, even if your son is already ages nine to 12 or older, and you haven't been doing all the habits uh, prior to that age, that doesn't mean that you know you're nine years behind. Just pick up where you've left off, and and try to begin some of the easy stages, and uh, and don't feel like you're a failure or that you've lost uh, before you've even started playing. Right. Um, so, anyways, that, that's some of the the thoughts behind some of that. Yeah, awesome. I tell you, I think that some of the things that, uh, uh, like reading through this, and like well, you start with the explore, and and I was just I was thinking back with like Ellie of. Like right now, she's in this explore. And, you know, she's a girl, but I'm still trying to build spiritual habits in her. Of and, course, uh, of course, yeah. of course. But uh, it's like, okay, well, there will be a day where she will pay attention. 
you know, and to not lose hope. It's like, okay, I can just read. It is doing something now. It's working now. And uh, she's becoming more familiar with, with reading the Bible or with praying or, you know, it's like, but so it's, it's not for nothing. You know, it's what I, I feel like it is right now. I feel like it's like, I should just hold off and wait. And you know what, four years from now, we can start um, reading the Bible in front of her or something like that, you know? And so, but no, I can, yeah, I like this where it's like, now you can start now. Right and now she's doing these things. Right now she likes to eat our Bibles a lot. Yeah, that's right. I've got to keep them from her, right? And so she, uh, we tell her like, hey, we cherish God's word. We don't eat it. But she rips the pages out. And, you know, we're, we both need new Bibles now because. Uh, <laughs> Ever since she was born. <laughs> so she loves she the just, word. Yeah. Yeah. She's interpreting it very, very literally when it says eat this book. You yes, know? Yeah. exactly. She's, she's doing it. I'll tell you, yeah. another thing I really appreciate about your book was the habits, the spiritual habits themselves. Um, often in life, you know, I feel like I'm looking for this next greatest thing or how to how to really you know instill habits in boys and and uh yeah i love where you break it down You're like no you just keep it simple read your bible pray worship and evangelism and mm -hmm. uh you put a silence and journaling in there and mm -hmm. uh i was just like yeah you keep looking for this next big secret what's the what is it there's no new secret it's just the uh very simple um, aspects of the Christian life, like we just laid out. So that was uh, that was encouraging, refreshing. Yeah, I opened up and was like, oh, there's no big secret. But then it's like, well, that is the big secret. Is uh, right. it's these basic core habits. So yeah, yeah. Go ahead, sir. Well, you can go ahead. Yeah, and I think that that's personally there was a point where I had read so many Christian life books that I realized, oh, if this is a good Christian life book. They're all going to be pushing me back to these same things, yeah. you know, like, because these are the things God has given us. And these things aren't small potatoes. You know, like we have God's inspired word. <laughs> like I, I get to read the words that he inspired these authors to, to write. That's not that is the next big thing, you know, like right. or prayer. Like, are you kidding me? I get to talk to God. I get to approach his throne. That is not only the next big thing. Like that's the forever eternal thing that is shocking beyond all shocking things. And and I now that I've been brought into his family, I get to invite other people to come into his family and evangelism. You know, like so all of the I, I had the same feeling, Randy. You did. I, there were so many ways in which I was always like, okay, now what's this guy gonna say? You know, like that's right. and I think our entertainment culture with the next new movie even if they re-put out an old movie and remake it it's it's conditioning us to expect that but the beautiful thing about christianity is it's it's you know like i think there's a name of a book from a few years ago don't call it a comeback you know like mm. christianity is is not coming back in this new and fresh way like if it's coming back it's because it's sticking to the the tried and true methods that's you know? right it's really good yeah absolutely so, you know, you've talked a little bit about introducing these spiritual habits with the Bible and prayer and worship. Um, and I know evangelism also is one of those things that just kind of they see happen and then they start to be a part of it. But I'm curious about for specifically evangelism and then silence and journaling, what that kind of looks like as you uh, begin to, to introduce that into the life of boys. 
Yeah, it, if you notice, I mean, the evangelism one doesn't start until ages 9 to 12. Yeah. It's not that I'm not going to tell my 7-year-old that he ought to care about people who don't know Christ and that he should. I mean, we've, we've had a lot of talks about how people from all over the world, there's a lot of people who don't know Jesus and they don't go to church. And they, you know, even people in our own city who um, have different opinions about who Jesus really is. So I'm, I'm already trying to shape that in him. But ages 9 to 12, I mean, the three, for each of these stages, and then for each of the disciplines within sign of those, uh, we have three basic steps, and they, they kind of vary depending on the age. But for evangelism, ages 9 to 12, it's cultivate, model, and then take. So cultivate, we want to cultivate a heart of compassion, um, helping them. Maybe it's uh, some of the discussions I just had or said I was having with my uh, son, but sometimes it's maybe even taking them to different parts of the city or uh, and helping them see people that might be in need. It, it might not be even spiritual uh, compassion that's, or compassion for those who are spiritually lost, but even just compassion, period, thinking about someone other than yourself. Um, and then uh, helping him think about those in his school who, uh, even though the school that my son goes to is a, a private Christian school, um, it's not full of all Christians, you know. Um, and to be honest with you, us putting this book together um, and releasing it in this school, I mean, it's a it's a explicitly Christian school, so everybody knows what they're getting into right. when they come there. But we're even trying to help uh, dads who might be Christian by name only, you know, and if they might have a moment where they're like, you know what, I'm going to take that book and actually try to help my son. But then they sit down and, and they're reading the word for the first time with their son or they're praying for the first time, or they're talking to their son about evangelism, maybe they will come to Christ, or maybe they will even think, gosh, I haven't talked to my co-workers about Jesus. I need to do that. So we're not only thinking to, to help shape these boys, but in these questions, we're hoping to also shape the dads or the moms um, as well. Uh, the last two things, so cultivate model, obviously modeling evangelism in front of your son. Um, there's a guy who is in my neighborhood who's... Um, constantly sort of in between jobs and struggling to have a consistent place to live. He's just bordering on homelessness. Um, I used to have a tendency where I would want to protect my son from someone like that, but now I want to bring him into those conversations and have him hear what I'm talking to him about and then talk to him after the fact about here's why we just talked to him about X, Y, Z, or here's why daddy didn't give him what he asked for, or here's why I, um, and try, I'm trying to help him, you know, in these areas of his life. So kind of debriefing with my son after the fact. What age um, did that so, kind of change where you started to take him along and start to debrief that? And like, yeah. Probably five-ish uh, okay. to six where I felt like he can sit and listen to what I'm saying and not only be jumping on me or asking me, you know, to go play football with him. He can actually recognize that this other person is, is the focus of what's going on yeah, um, and not, not him in that moment. That's um, good. So modeling is a big one. And then taking uh, what, what we mean by this is encouraging your son to be a servant leader, but serving those around him each day. Uh, we say, you know, take him on trips to serve the most needy in the city or consider taking him overseas, just seeing the rest of the world, helping him see what else God is doing um, and helping him move out of his uh, self-centered tendencies, which is really, I mean, compassion is at the heart of evangelism. Um, 
Um, so if I'm ever going to overcome my fear in evangelism, I have got to have a heart of compassion that is stronger than my fearfulness. Yeah. So, so much of it at that stage is, is helping um, them do that. And then you asked about the, uh, the journaling also, were you wanting to, yeah, the silence and journaling, kind of what that cultivate model and take looks like, because I just feel like overall, that's probably a habit that is not in a lot of people's lives. Like for me, that's probably one of my favorite, you know, our pastor would call it a downstream discipline. But, but for me, I think it's an upstream. Like I, I, I know journaling is valuable and I know that I should do it, but to do Nobody it every day, it. oh, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I just feel like I'm wasting my time. Yeah, you know, I write so slowly that I'm like, I could, you know, um, I can just think way faster. And so I just it's like, this is wasting my time. Is what I feel like. Yeah. So yeah, and so the um, we don't really introduce this one until ages 13 to 17. Right. Um, the word silence to anybody under the age 12, especially <laughs> a boy, is kind of difficult. Um, but hopefully, ages 13 to 17 there is a little bit of, of hope that, that there can be some aggression there. But the, the three steps in each one of these are different depending on which one they are. So in silence and journaling, it's value, explore, and teach. So, so much of this also because of the, the reality of the ages 13 to 17, a lot of them are maybe getting their first cell phone at this point. Um, people have varying thoughts on when they should get a, a boy or girl a, a cell phone, but Inevitably, they at least have an iPod Touch or they have something. They have maybe an iPad or something like that. So in this one, we're, the reason we didn't just say journaling, but we also said silence in journaling is because we're trying to push back against some of that. That's good. So the first thing on valuing, just helping your son value getting away from technology um, and even getting away from friends for a moment, uh, setting limits on technology, redirecting um, his energy, and just getting creative with him. So just something that's not constant intake of some sort, but um, helping him just be quiet. <laughs> and then uh, explore would be another one, maybe at this stage, exploring nature with your son, helping him discover the beauty of God's creation, cultivating in, in him a love for retreating away, enjoying silence, and not just thinking it's a bad thing. I think uh I know so many people in their 20s that this is true of, but I think this gets created in the teenage years. Uh, so many people are scared to death of silence because that's when you actually start thinking about yourself and self-reflecting. That's right. That's right. And realizing that, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have said that. Or, man, I was really insecure. Or I, and if I'm not accustomed to being alone with my thoughts, uh, then I'm also just not accustomed to thinking deeply about myself and trying to um, to even be honest with myself. And some folks are just scared of what that even feels like. And I, I personally, um, I'm okay with quietness, but I'm always bringing in, I'm trying to read something or I'm trying to, you know, accomplish something yeah. um, that I need to push myself in that area. So value, explore, and then teach, which is, this is where the journaling thing comes in. Just teaching your 14-year-old what it means to journal. You know, what, like, how, how could you do that? And, you know, so many, like even my son right now at seven, um, almost all of his classes so far have had some journaling component where they have to write like a sentence or two or three or a paragraph about some given topic. You know, so sometimes we need to provide those topics for, for kids to actually give them some more direction and not just say, go journal, you know, 
Um, and there are some journals out there that ask you questions and help you do that in a better way. Um, but, you know, I think for, uh, for myself, journaling a lot of times includes like some sort of a mind dump where I'm just getting all the things off my mind that are making me anxious. Um, uh, sometimes journaling for me turns into a list as opposed to paragraph format where I'm just kind of getting things out of my brain. Yeah. Um, but it can also be confession of sin or a time to praise God or something like that, that is, um, just coming out in some more, uh, I mean, some of the most focused ways I can personally pray is when I'm journaling. Like I'm, I'm not going to pray very consciously unless I'm writing it. Um, I can just get distracted in my prayer sometimes. So yeah. it helps me focus. So th- those are some of the habits and the ways in which for that age, we're trying to help um, get boys in those habits early on. That's good. That's awesome. Actually. Yeah. And you know, I feel like you are just the all time greatest tool creator when it comes <laughs> to like, um, you know, coming up with different tools on how to, you know, help yourself with these habits or how to teach somebody else these habits. And it's kind of funny when we were going through this book, we were like, this is a mountain project notebook, you know, Kim sorry, yeah, just right. summer leadership. Yeah. The majority of it is appendix. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, not why yeah. not, but you know, um, a good chunk of it. And so yeah. when we were looking at that, I mean, some of the appendices, I never know how to pronounce that word. Appendices, yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, you have basic Bible study methods, which is the observation, interpretation, application way of, of um, reading God's word. How to spend extended time with God, the looking up, looking in, looking back, looking around. Um, some recommended devotionals. Simple steps for starting a family devotional, how to have a weekly planning time, um, how to share your personal testimony, uh, having a quarterly one-on-one with your son, how to write letters to your son, setting priorities, the bridge diagram, um, and what you should pray for non-Christians. And so, you know, I've seen a lot of these things in the context of college students and discipling college students. What do you, like, what is your hope whenever you, with these appendices for dads or, or moms and their sons, like would it be kind of the same type of discipleship, like on the campus where you're filling it out together or is it more so like a dad can have conversations or yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Cause I think it made me excited to see those <laughs> in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of the above, all those different things you listed out. I mean, so like I mentioned a second ago, um, we're, we're hoping one aspect would be that, um, a mom or dad might become a Christian and the school just gave them this book to help with their kid. Um, but then they start learning basic Bible study methods and they start to see uh, how I can spend extended time with God, you know? So it's, there's a parental hope. Um, but also, yeah, for some of those dads who are really trying to, to maybe take some of what they've learned in different contexts and boil it down and, um, or, or moms and different Bible studies they might be in, how can I help my son or daughter, uh, get some of these disciplines or habits in their life. We're just hoping that some of these simple things, I mean, most of those appendices you listed are all just one page. Yeah. So nice about them. We're trying to just simplify it down, make it not overwhelming um, and, and have it feel achievable. And uh, like, I can actually do this. Um, So, you know, some of them like how to write a letter to your son. We're just trying to explain to the mom um, or the dad, here's a great habit you can get into, you know, like this is 
some of this came out of me and Howard discussing how powerful it is to write a letter to our wife, you know, um, and to really be able to capture everything that we want to say uh, in a in a way that um, that is just concise and we can get get to it. So if I can do that with my son or my daughter also, I mean, those are the kinds of things like Bethany and my wife has kept every letter that I've written her, you know, yeah. um, and uh, a lot of them now have slobber and other things on them because our kids have found them and have <laughs> somehow gotten them dirty with SpaghettiOs or something, you know, but um, for, for my son one day, like if I can write him a letter now that he can read really well, um, I mean, think about what that would feel like, yeah, like the beautiful. affirmation that I can give him and the way that he can know that this is addressed to me and my dad is saying this to me. Mm. Um, you know, I think one amazing thing when you look at uh, the Gospels, the when when the father speaks to the son, um, anytime that happens, he speaks words of affirmation. You are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. The father doesn't speak other words other yeah. than affirming words. <laughs> and I, I think that that speaks volumes into how I need to speak to my son um, and how I need to affirm him and communicate how I am pleased with him. Yeah. Um, and obviously in at the cross, it's very, very significant when the father doesn't answer and he does not speak further affirming words. And there's a whole lot more that we could get into about that. But I do think that, that um, at least at his baptism, at the transfiguration, it's so, so clear of the, the affirmation. So I think we get the opportunity to do that. So I'm getting off topic um, in a letter that we write to our son. Uh, but the, all the rest of those um, appendices, yeah, they're just kind of tools that can uh, help a son or a daughter um, develop and, and grow as a young believer. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a few different kinds in there. So, yeah, and that kind of leads us into our next question. But I was just thinking, like, you know, picking this book up, getting this book is, you know, it was fairly cheap on Amazon. Yeah, I forget how much it was, but it was 10 bucks or 15 bucks, or I forget. But uh, it is so worth it just for the appendices, just for those tools, like just the to have in one place, yeah. and then to have like the, the stages of, of, of kind of how to implement habits. I'm just like, what a wealth of, uh, like in a small little package, there's a lot there. And, uh, and so I really appreciate you putting that book together. Uh, and so for, you know, for dads of boys and for dads of girls, uh, particularly if you have girls, I'm like, it seems like um, you were saying you wrote this for the boys' school. That was the main reason saying, hey, title it for boys. If you were a dad of girls, and you are, and I am, and know, he is too, yeah, and sorry, and you are, <laughs> how would you? Right. What would you change in this? Uh, I don't know if there would be much. I mean, you know, like we were getting into maybe it was earlier this one or the last episode, just how boys and girls are wired differently, yeah. and there are certain things like what I was emphasizing on the ages zero to four. Um, about being very physical with all the things you're teaching them, just putting your hands together or kneeling in prayer or whatever. Um, those things really help boys beyond just that zero to four age. And it, it really helps them at older stages in that too. But even with my little girl right now, um, there's not much at that stage I think I would change. Um, I don't know much beyond that yet. 
um, on how I would adjust that with her. Um, I, I do think that, uh, you know, even now she is, she, she might be, it seems like she's so, so distracted during a church service, but as soon as someone says Jesus, or as soon as, uh, there's some word that she has heard before she like, you know, she, her ears perk up and she says, mom, he, he said Jesus or whatever it is. So I, there, I, I think that the habit of in worship services, keeping your kids with you and helping them learn from, um, and, and be trained in how do I participate in a worship service, um, is so, so significant. There's great things that can happen in nurseries and children's churches. I'm not saying anything wrong about those, but I do think for my kids, it's been very significant for them to learn being in that setting, uh, and learning from that. So that, that's kind of a caveat to say, I haven't learned so much beyond her current age yet. <laughs> right. Um, but I do think as one of the best parts of this whole book, I think that I really leaned heavily on Howard for is at the end of the warrior stage, ages 18 to 22, mm-hmm. uh, this is maybe one of the most critical things in raising a young boy into a young man is the send off. <laughs> and we're trying to really communicate here. And this, we put the send off project together, uh, to, to talk about what it means to really send your son out as opposed to um, letting them continue to live in your home. So what, how do you do that? Well, we talk about different send off events, how to have a, a plan for it, key areas to be thinking for around that time. And when I think about that, as it relates to um, raising a girl, it will, it might be a little bit different, um, but I just don't know exactly how that would play out differently yet. Because I've only thought through for this book, um, and then in my with my oldest son, how I think about that for a eighteen to twenty year old year old, twenty eighteen to twenty two year old boy. Um, I don't know exactly yet for my daughter. <laughs> I think it'd probably be similar, um, but I don't know exactly how yeah. um, it might be different. That's good. So yeah, you have to you know if you you know for myself like I have to. Yeah, I feel like 99%, you know, one page, I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, this page is going to be different, you know, right. so uh, yeah, I think it's a great resource. Yeah, and and it sounds like you, there's other books that you would recommend, like Wild Things, Spiritual Disciplines, and You Are What You Love, um, mm-hmm. that you guys have used, and then... Um, is there anything else as we're kind of wrapping this up that, that you think is important that you would like to, to leave us with as we end our conversation here? Um, I think, especially as it relates to raising boys. Um, so I don't agree with everything Douglas Wilson says, but in his book on raising boys, um, I, I really think he did a good job on that book. He just talked about how much faith it takes to raise boys um, yeah. because you have to be able to see beyond where they currently are. And I really think that that, that speaks volumes into what I've seen about um, raising my son so far. And then even when I know about how my parents raised me, it took a whole lot of faith to look beyond where I was at different points in my life. And when I say faith, I'm not meaning faith in that person. I'm meaning faith that okay, I'm going to pray that you would get him out of this situation. I'm going to beg that you would grow him, shape him, develop him out of his current stage of rebelliousness or whatever it might be. So 
I do think that um, just the, the reality of raising boys, even for my seven-year-old now or for my nine-month-old, um, it just takes so much work and then so much faith uh, to, to really believe that I'm going to continue with these habits, shaping them in, in his life, and believe that, that God really uses these tools that he's given us uh, to shape uh, people and to use them to call him uh, towards himself. So, yeah, a whole lot of faith, a lot of hard work. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the things that um, I I read this book recently about how to pass your values on to your children, and it was a completely secular book. And uh, but so they did like Muslim families, Mormon families, Christian families, and and uh, the one of the things they said was an authoritarian parenting style where dad's in charge, and uh, and then you you talk about your values all the time, but also you push them toward those values. You make them go to church. You uh, and so what I like about too this book is that it's a it's this idea that you cannot you can't just passively parent. You have to everything's intentional. intentionally push them that way. And uh, it said that the parents that are passive, they are less likely to pass their values on. Kids, you know, say, ah, I don't really like mom and dad's values. And so, um, yeah, it's just this idea that, you know, clinical uh, psychology would just reinforce the idea just through studies that, hey, following your book of intentionally pushing boys to be spiritual men is the right thing to do to push them to the Lord. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just another reason I was thinking of like, I'm really thankful for this book. And uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time to write it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, you can find, again, the book is called Building Boys with Spiritual Habits, Train Your Boys to Be Real Men, Men of God. And that's by Taylor Tollison and Howard Graham. And then Taylor also co-authored another book that he mentioned in our last week's episode called The Seven Virtues of Manhood. And so if you want to check out those books, you can get them on Amazon. And is there anywhere else that people could get those if uh, they want to get them somewhere other than Amazon? I think the only other place is on uh, Presbyterian Day School's website. I think you can order them there. Okay, so people are um, against Amazon like some are, my husband. Mm -hmm. Then you can Google Presbyterian Day School. I'll pay twice as much to get it from Presbyterian Day School. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Well, Taylor, it was great having you on, and we appreciate you being with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Taylor. Love catching up with you guys, too. Good talking. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org, where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.